0: Welcome back to Poison for Profit. My name is Zach. I'm Nick. And we have four more incredibly important topics to talk about today. Oh, yeah. First of all, Nick, how are you? I'm are doing you good? great. Doing great. How good. about yourself? Good. I'm doing well. Um, not. I mean, this isn't, I got to, you know, I went half and half. I got good news. I got bad news. Uh, actually, the good, you know what? I kind of take that back. The good news is
1: only really half good, so and the bad news is all bad. But <laughs> I feel like that's usually what we get in this uh field is the good news is usually only half good. <laughs> yes. always a downside. Yes. Um
0: but I feel like that's kind of the turn for for me personally where usually my stuff is a hundred percent bad news. <laughs> um and then you're
1: the you're the uh, the little mood booster, uh with yours but yeah i'm just gonna say in the comments that we don't have i heard them calling you bad news zach yes yes that (laughs) that is an official nickname of mine Yep, i will embrace that (laughs) you're the end of the world is coming (laughs) the guy with the the board on (laughs) yes
0: yeah i'm the uh the man in suspenders in the middle of the college campus quad (laughs) uh (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, a couple more good articles today. Uh, So what do you say? Should we just get into it? Yeah, let's jump right into it. All right, let's go. Scientists are finding large portions of forest uh, fir tree forests in Oregon uh, dying off due to drought in the area. so one about one point one million acres of forest in Oregon. Um, they're just you know seeing these huge portions within that basically go orange the the trees are dying and fir trees you know they're conifers or evergreen trees mm-hmm. uh it's pointing to um a lot of you know ecosystem and really landscape change that we're going to start seeing a lot more um in that region especially and but it's going to you know it's going to span the entire globe with how things are going uh, and of course you know everybody knows. Droughts become more severe and and more uh, common and and also unpredictable as climate change runs its course. Uh, This is the largest die-off they've seen since 1952. Well, it's the largest they've seen ever, but um, since 1952, when they saw about 550,000 acres of forest experience, these kind of die-offs. Uh so which is you know half of the the total area that they're looking at now. So some specifics and and why this is happening: droughts, especially you know extreme drought like this, uh, affects trees. With their, I refer to it as like a vascular system, how they uptake you know water and nutrients and things they need to grow, um, and eventually you know they they starve. Um, and then die, but it doesn't usually happen at this rate, uh, right? So, even if they survive that drought year, the damage it does to their uptake system, um, it can result in death from that drought years later. Uh, so we can we could be seeing, you know, this same amount of fir tree die-offs uh, in, you know, three years after this a drought ends, but, you know, this drought is still the cause. I don't know, have you been hearing anything about droughts
1: in the Pacific Northwest? Uh, I, I mean, you always hear about the droughts in, on the west coast of California. Yeah. They're always constantly in a drought. I know that they've recently... Uh, just announced that they're still in a drought and I just don't think anyone's surprised but not in the Pacific Northwest in my head that's a very rainy know, region right, that's right. in, in my head I'm thinking touch. Portland it's just constantly raining there and it's depressing and yeah. sad so it's really I, actually surprising me that they're having these issues uh, yeah and of course you know
0: with the, the drought and everything drying up um, paves the way for Wildfires, danger to to people in the area and wildlife also. Absolutely, uh, you know, and and with trees just flat out dying like that, I assume this this is
1: basically like a tinderbox, right? Yeah, it's with global uh, warming and climate change. Uh, just a lot of these fires we've been seeing year after year have been record setting fires, and it just happens to be that the record was set like just last year, so. These uh, droughts and wildfires are just getting worse with the increase in these die-offs. Yeah, yeah.
0: And another thing uh, that this article is is talking about is when these kind of die-offs happen, and the uh, the shade of the canopy gets you know removed from the ecosystem equation, uh, it leads to emergence of invasive species mm-hmm. um things like that and there's you know there's some species that native species that will i would say flourish a little bit more but it, it's gonna you know lead to some major uh landscape change in these these areas that you know people know I mean, you know people love going hiking in the forest right uh yep. especially out there i'm sure you know th- this This is going to be happening through protected areas also. Um, So, you know, we're just in, I think we're in for a lot of really rapid landscape change, you know, especially in the Western states. Um, But uh, I can foresee this happening at a rate much faster than people predicted or, or expected or, you know, what basically is being what people are being led to believe i think it's going to be happening at a much faster rate
1: yeah i absolutely agree um uh, i just wanted to also go back to kind of what you said that with these die-offs it uh leads to the increase of invasive species which also doesn't help with uh the wildfire situation either because a lot of the uh, invasive species is what they do is they're uh they take advantage of something in the ecosystem. So they usually have a, like they'll, you know, flower sooner than other plants in the area. And that a lot gives them an advantage of the native species. Mm -hmm. This also causes is then they're dead in the summer and in peak fire season. So it's just more fuel, uh, more as Zach called it. It makes these forests more of a tinderbox than they already are with, uh, these crazy die-offs so just a really scary situation uh now, yeah I, I can't agree more that this is probably only going to get worse uh especially in areas yeah. that are typically i mean like we said in the beginning pacific northwest everyone thinks it's a rainy uh rainy states over there and to see this and it's not getting that rain and replenishing those aquifers and, you know, watering those trees. Uh, I think we're going to be in for a rude awakening. Yeah, Uh, and then, you know, the articles we talked about last time, right, with um, major polluters, fossil fuel industry,
0: just, you know, really not, not only not having plans for reducing emissions, but basically lying about it and making plans to increase their emissions
1: um it's hard to have any real optimism about something like this right right yeah and even if somehow they're able to get these uh trees or these areas more water and replant it uh this is a temporary solution it's not gonna actually fix what's happening and I
0: just realized I did the wrong article. I said I was going to do the other article first. Yeah,
1: you threw me for a big loop when you started. <laughs> uh, I put that was the one I put in my notes first, but that's oh. fine. Moving on to our next topic, we'll be talking about renewable energy, Zach. Uh, I'm curious, when I say renewable energies, what do you think of? Um, I think of solar, wind, hydropower. Yeah, those are the ones that uh, typically come into my mind as well. Uh, but, however, in Australia, not they had one other uh, tacked on there, and it was the burning of wood. interesting so uh, this is they were generating electricity from native australian timber uh, and they were classifying this as a renewable energy Uh, so originally uh, how this kind of got started is there's uh, of any timber operation there's going to be trees or pieces of wood that are uh, waste you know they can't use it for you know wood planks whatever might have you So they were lumber. Yeah. uh, Lumber. Right. Exactly. So they had qual or classified this burning of this wood as a renewable energy. Uh, however, that decision has been, uh, reversed to no longer classified as, yeah. So this is a pretty, uh, big move, I would say on the Australian, uh, government's, uh, books because this was a way for uh the logging industry to create renewable energy certificates which were basically a subsidy uh for that company uh, for clean energy generation however uh if you know anything about burning wood it's very dirty Uh, it can be some of the most polluting uh emissions because uh like even coal for uh, example they have treatments of the emissions that are leaving those coal facilities not saying coal is a great thing (laughs) as we all know for many other reasons but when you're burning your timber or your lumber that uh the emission that's coming out of your chimney is not being treated which uh this can lead to a lot of huge problems in uh bigger communities with you know lots of people around because uh if you've ever seen pictures of like the smog in the 1900s a lot of that was during winters uh when wood stoves were being run a lot more often uh so i mean there'd be times where people could not even see out their windows from this smog and the air pollution is pretty terrible with all of the carbon monoxide the uh not uh the nox and vox emissions so it's just pretty nasty stuff so how this ever got classified as renewable uh is pretty interesting to talk about i would say yeah, I know that that like wood has
0: been considered like a sustainable building material, right? Because you can plant more trees, I guess. But yeah, as an energy that's it's a little different, right? I mean you're you're burning it one time, you can't bring
1: that log back to burn it again. Right. And I've also heard wood be called carbon neutral because it as it's you know, growing as a tree, it's taking in CO2 and this, yeah. and, you know, this. Yeah. But as soon as you burn it, <laughs> you're as putting as you it, in, it. Yeah. It's releasing you know, all that CO2.
0: Yeah. In and like a, in, an arguably more like damaging
1: way with the smoke and you know, all like the, the smog exactly. that comes from it. Yeah. And like they say, it's like, oh, it's like how it wood naturally would degrade in the environment. It's like, that's just not true. Cause when it's yeah. decomposing in the environment, other things are using that CO two. That yeah, it's like part out. of the ecosystem. But, yeah. yeah, it's not just being burnt to in fifteen minutes in my wood stove,
2: <laughs> right? So,
1: um, but, this uh, isn't to
0: say this isn't to say like having campfires and shit is bad. Right. Um, it's we're, what we're trying to say is that this is not like a
1: renewable <laughs> energy source, right? And it's just another. Like we've talked many a times of, uh, you know, governments and companies that are trying to pad themselves on the back and say, look, we're creating all this renewable energy uh, and, or using all this renewable energy when in fact they're burning wood. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And a greenwashing effort, as we talk about fairly often as well.
0: Right. And like you mentioned, they are, they're subsidizing this for industries, like the logging industry is being subsidized with this, you know, burning their byproducts, I guess, um, is what it is for them, right? Right. Uh, it's just really creating kind of like how the, the, I don't know, are they calling it like a green revolution? Is that what they're with? Uh, the marketization of. Sustainability. Right. It's all about how to package it. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to pack How can how can we make money for this
1: uh from this? Yeah. We're like, yo, uh renewable energy, that's a hot topic right now. Let's Ah, slap that onto wood burning. Oh, it's renewable because we can twist the definition of renewable to make it fit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but also with this, there's obviously concerns of Uh, You know, it's somewhat promoting the use of wood burning and cutting down these native forests to Australia for production of energy, Uh, you know, because I'm sure the, you know, timber companies aren't being as careful or as, uh, you know, meticulous when they're going through their lumber. They're probably like, oh, oh, well, that one will just sell for subsidy if you screw up uh you know harvesting that piece of lumber ah just throw it in the subsidy bin and we'll make Brew, just yeah. as much money on it yeah um, so uh, there's also been claims in this article that uh, the company the state logging company which is vic forests they have failed uh in the past to protect threatened glider species uh so Kind of with that in mind, I wouldn't put it past them to, you know, also be like, well, we can get this much subsidy if we have this much, quote unquote, waste. So why don't we just produce that much waste so we maximize our subsidy? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it it turns waste
0: into not waste, right? Because it's at that point, it's still
1: a product that you're making money from exactly and i do think it is good to you know reuse reduce you know for the three r yeah as much as possible uh yeah i don't agree with subsidizing this effort right yeah it just is a slippery slope into uh deforestation
0: We are taking a trip down to Birmingham, Alabama for this next one, where the Bluestone Coke plant, and I know what you're thinking. Coca-Cola. This not, yes, <laughs> this is not Coca-Cola. This is the uh, even worse version of Coke um, made out of coal. This is a coal um It's coke is made by processing coal and removing, uh, you know, air pockets from it. Anything like it's basically charcoal, or you know, it's it's like it's kind of like that. Um, Gotcha. Yep. It's just a processed version of coal. Yeah. Anyways, it has a tremendous potential for pollution, uh, as you might be able to guess. It's made by burning coal, Um, but this plant has been. Fined $925,000 by the Jefferson County Board of Health. That's the largest fine in the agent's history. Wow. I don't, yeah, I feel like you don't really hear about county health departments handing out fines that big. Um, but on top of that, the health department also denied the company's request to renew their operating permit. Wow. Uh, So the plant has been inactive since October 2021. Um, They were called a a menace to public health. Uh, They were neglecting maintenance repairs, which was resulting in that accelerated pollution uh, of the community with sulfur dioxide um, in their smoke. You you can probably imagine not going to be a pleasant place to live. If you got ash basically coating your house, it's the, you know it's been reported in here that houses in the area, they were coated so much that the color of the houses changed. Um, parents were afraid to let their kids play outside because of all the pollution. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: Uh, so yeah, it was a pretty um, bad
1: scene down there at the hands of this fossil fuel company. Who would have thunk it? Man, honestly hats off to the jefferson county uh health or county yeah. Board of health i feel like that's actually a fine that will make somebody think twice yeah and and um
0: i think the biggest part is just shutting them down until they can right. you know guarantee that they have the right controls in place but it sounds like they were they were operating outside of their permit for a long time um and that they could have faced up to 60 million dollars in fines for for the violations that are being alleged wow environment yeah environmental experts are calling are saying like if a fine they're calling any fine under a million shockingly low for a company uh or for violations like this so that's kind of tells you how much damage has been done which you know the fine is at this point under $1 million, uh, by about $75,000. But um, that's, you know, subject to increase as, you know, if they do try to ramp back up into production and get all these things in place, um, the federal EPA has kind of stepped in, in an oversight position with the county health department. Um, but it, it's good to see, this is the article I was talking about, where it's, you know, half good, half bad. I mean, it's bad that they're polluting this for so long, but it's, I like that the right. county health department shown some backbone, you know, and not just right letting this happen anymore. Um, yes. Yeah, another for, inter- Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go, no go
1: ahead. I was just going to say, especially for something with like what you said, it's neglected repairs. They're not operating correctly. They, they just don't care. They do exactly. not exactly it, yeah, it's purposeful, you know. Right. They
0: probably think they can get away with it, so they don't repair anything. They don't spend the money to
1: repair anything. Um, because at the end of the day, they're here for the money. That's what they're here they, for. Yeah. Uh, but a, another little
0: interesting wrinkle to this story is that the company is owned by the family of uh, the West Virginia governor, Jim Justice. Uh <laughs> And you know how West Virginia politicians are. We talked about Joe Manchin before. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Justice in 2020, he changed from Democrat to Republican. Wait, oh, um, a move we love to see. Right. Um, but he's basically got all the same politics as Manchin does, especially when it comes to the environment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was a little interesting that Uh, you know, this is in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, which is like a historically largely black community and, and, uh, underserved community. Right. And there's a lot of industry in that area that pollutes, Mm -hmm. uh, city and, and, and those communities and you got it, you know, controlled by guys sitting up in West Virginia, um, you know, his family's benefiting from this industry just um, kind of shows the powers that be and,
1: and w- where their power lies and how right. they use it. Yeah, where they're going to be pushing for why, you know, he's pushing so heavily for coal or I'm sure he is. I don't know. But oh, yeah, no, he um, he's on
0: record saying things like uh, there's he doesn't foresee any version of you know the country that doesn't have some sort of reliance on coal and fossil fuels, which you know it's a
1: uh i would say it's predictable thing right. for him to say yeah, yeah. Uh, this is this is this is right on par for someone that owns a coal plant <laughs> right yeah um but this is something I think we'll probably get
0: an update on in the future Sweet. um if they do get up and running
1: if they don't all the better, right? Yeah, yeah. and oh, to be that You're inspector pleased. going to check on all the repairs.
0: Oh my oh, God! Yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's probably like a team of inspectors
1: to be honest. Yeah, you'd need that to make sure it's. <laughs> no yeah, well, it said palms grease. Oh, one inspector will just pay him off. No big yeah, deal.
0: <laughs> yeah, the health department said they weren't going to let them go back up until they invest. Uh, some substantial capital investment they're talking like 150 million dollars of investment
1: oh wow uh, so that's even yeah. like with the fine and then you have to also spend 150 million dollars to get your place yeah in shape that's pretty substantial
0: yeah yeah and, and i think half of that fine is planned to go to community improvement uh, which is good good for future generations that's for sure absolutely
1: Moving on to our last article, Uh, this one kind of hits close to what I call home these days. Uh, A company in uh, eastern Massachusetts is looking to dump contaminated wastewater into Cape Cod Bay. Uh, This contaminated wastewater came from the decommissioning of the Pilgrim nuclear power plant. Uh, So as anyone can guess, this wastewater is radioactive. (laughs) Uh, So the company originally came up with four different options for disposing of the water. One was to truck it to another facility for disposal, uh, evaporating the water and discharging the vapor into the air, Uh, long-term on-site storage, or discharging it into Cape Cod Bay. So obviously they went with the easiest one to them, which is just shove all that water right back into another body of water. Who cares? Um, So currently uh, the nuclear regulatory commission. uh, So they're the group that actually regulates radioactive waste disposal, which I didn't know till today. Uh, so interesting. Ooh, that's bit. part of the EPA, you said. Uh, they, they regulate it. they I don't I think they're their own thing completely. It's an independent oh, really? agency. Uh, so what did you say it was? I, the I can't Nuclear find Regulatory it. Regulatory Commission, NRC. Oh, okay. If you go nrc.gov. Oh. Okay. Uh, so yeah, they were tasked with uh regulating and protecting public health related to nuclear energy so that's where they come into play here they have said that they can dump the wastewater into the bay as long as the radioactivity is below certain limits what are those limits i'm not really sure uh but these this water is also not only contaminated with radioactive waste but it's also contaminated with non-radioactive pollutants which the epa is uh in charge of with the clean water act Uh, So they have, the EPA has actually stepped up here uh, and said that uh, Haltech is the parent company of all of this. Uh, So they've said that it would, EPA would consider it a, the unauthorized discharge of regulated pollutants from this facility to be a serious matter subject to enforcement and issuance of fines. Because there is a huge uh, public outrage and concern that this company is just going to kind of do what a lot of companies do. is I know this isn't the right thing to do, but I'm going to do it anyway because the fines usually don't uh, matter as much to these companies. It's easier for them to pay the fine than to go through and do it the right way. Uh, so Yeah, that seems a common theme through... <laughs> Uh, American industry. <laughs> yeah, so uh, a lot of people out here are very concerned. Uh, specifically, there's a nonprofit out here, the Association to Preserve Cape Cod, uh, who is extremely concerned with uh, this potential dumping of radioactive and non-radioactive waste into our, the Cape Cod Bay, uh, because a lot of people that come out here for you know tourism and to just experience cape cod one of the big things they do for is going to buy seafood or go fishing or swimming in this bay uh if you have uh to pick you're gonna pick to go somewhere where there isn't radioactive waste being dumped where your seafood is being harvested from so it's just quite an interesting dilemma i would say that this Nuclear reactor uh, company is in. Uh, It's also kind of you know where a lot of people lose a lot of respect for nuclear energy because it does generate all of this waste. Um. Yeah, and especially talking about to do with deal with right, right,
0: (laughs) and then you start
1: talking about dumping it into the ocean. Yeah, right, because (laughs) that makes sense. (laughs) I did think this was kind of interesting article to bring up as well. Uh, I'm not going to get fully into it on this episode, but maybe if people are interested, there was just a pretty big development in fusion instead of what, uh, our current nuclear power plants do is fission. Uh, so they actually, for the first time developed or were able to produce more energy than they put into the fusion reaction, uh, which is a big step in, Uh, nuclear fusion but i'm not going to get into all the specifics for that for one i'm not ready but uh, something we can definitely talk about in the future Um, but yeah yeah with with, uh, nuclear energy it's just all this waste and we have nothing to do with it Uh, i don't know if i even said it but in this case it's 1.1 million gallons of water oh my god Uh, (laughs) so uh, it's pretty crazy amount to just send out into this bay and say, well, not our problem anymore. Um yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Uh it's it's just funny the the company is saying, you know, we're remaining committed to being open and transparent, uh as they yeah. say they are. Uh yeah, as radioactive and non-radioactive pollutants. There's a ton of uh <laughs> bad shit in that. Water. Right. Yeah, and it's this is the water that was used to cool the spent nuclear fuel rods. So, oh yeah. uh, It's obviously saying it's radioactive, but all the other pollutants that come off of those fuel rods. So, hmm. yeah, it's some pretty g- gross <laughs> uh gross stuff. But uh this is, is kind of I thought this would be a good one to do after what you just talked about because it kind of brings into my head the thought of uh how come these companies are not taxed based on this pollution before they're even creating it uh how come like we have carbon taxes for carbon emissions how come this is not more of a widespread thing uh i don't know if you have any thoughts on that zach but i just think i cannot believe that why are we not actually thinking about, oh, okay, we put in a nuclear reactor for, you know, this much pollution that you're going to be causing, you're going to be taxed this much, just yeah. like they do for carbon. Yeah. And when something like,
0: you know, water, like coolant water for fuel rods, you probably have some idea of what, you know, amount of waste you're going to end up with. Right. So yeah, so like carbon, you know, you'd think if you're, I can kind of see both sides on the taxation because you want to make sure you're doing things safe, right? That you're cooling these fuel rods and there's no risk of a, a meltdown or any disaster like that. Definitely. So I don't know if you I don't know if it's a good idea to like limit the amount of water you're using and you know ultimately waste you're generating. It's probably not a, a great idea. But um but yeah, I mean at least like some strict controls or or, or processes that well established, right? Like there's no reason I'd think that dumping into the ocean should even be a thought that goes through somebody's head. <laughs> uh yeah. But yeah, yeah. So it's a, I I can see like you definitely want to minimize waste. Um nuclear is is a little trickier, I guess, and now that I'm thinking about it, but yeah, interesting, interesting situation here for, you know, not just the nuclear company but for you know community
1: and the ecosystem right yeah well uh i'll definitely probably give an update in this one in a future article uh not really sure what's gonna happen but it seems like at least the you know nrc and epa are in my opinion so far being Pretty strict with this company, so uh look for an update in a future episode and hopefully this uh development with fusion you know accelerates
0: the progress they can make right sounds Absolutely. like a small step in a sense, um, but maybe it leads to some you know quicker developments that would be nice to to get off of this um, process they have now where it generates all this waste. That does it for this episode of Poison for Profit. Thank you for listening. We do have one big
1: announcement. Nick? We are officially on Apple Podcasts. We are officially on Apple Podcasts. Let me say that one so, time. Apple <laughs> Podcasts we are on. <laughs> so if you use an iPhone...
0: Or a MacBook, or whatever. It's none of my business what you listen to this on. Uh, but now you can listen through Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review through Apple Podcasts. So please do that. Follow us on Twitter. Linked in the
1: show notes. Twitter. Uh, shout out to GMO Free USA for the retweet of our episode on GMOs in Mexico. Absolutely much appreciated. It's a great organization. They
0: uh, post a lot of really great information about uh, developments in the GMO sphere and the dangers of genetically modified and, uh, and the products that go along with that. Anyways, thank you for listening. And we will talk to you later. Talk to you next time.
2: This is West Virginia Governor Jim Justice. Now you might be wondering what he has to do with a coke plant here in Birmingham. Governor Justice and his family actually have a pretty big hand in the coal industry, not just in West Virginia, but here in Alabama too. The governor's website here says they own Bluestone Resources, the company that operates Bluestone Coke. The governor's son, Jay Justice, was appointed the CEO. Right now Bluestone Coke doesn't have a business license. And if you remember from our report in September, The plan is also under fire from the Jefferson County Department of Health for air regulation violations. Neighbors who live nearby believe when Bluestone Coke was operating, it was making them sick, making them sick, making them sick, making them sick. sick,